0: are worlds between our own and from these worlds there are written histories both ancient and modern to read of these testaments scrawled in hidden places and on other things you must fix your eyes uncomfortably within you and if successful your gaze will unlock the door behind raw imagination and meet the manuscript of innumerable known as As the Dark
1: Verse. Hello, I'm Sharkchild, and this is the Dark Verse. Short stories of occult, metaphysical, and fantastical horror that will follow you to the vision's of your sleep. It's really cool to think that we are now at episode 99 of The Dark Verse, which means we're one story away from hitting 100 stories for The Dark Verse, and I'm really excited to be reaching this milestone. I probably could have gotten here a lot sooner if I was more consistent, you know, throughout these years, but I'm just glad that I'm getting there now you know it took time but I persevered I trucked on and here we are you know just a couple weeks away from the hundredth story of the dark verse and I am super excited I'm hoping to put together a really special story for that episode so we'll see what I can do here with the time I have left before uh, November expires. Alright, this is episode 99 of The Dark Verse, and it is entitled, It Concludes in a Receptacle.
0: Leaves crunched beneath my footsteps as I walked through the tree archways of my neighborhood on a brisk, overcast afternoon. Every few moments, a gust of wind whistled above me, sending leaves to the whim of the hibernating world. A pulse of soothing electronic music ebbed from my headphones into contemplative thought, as if the sounds were an electrical charge powering my mind. My breath cast spells into the air with its frosty condensation. I pushed aside the present worries of my life, the lingering deadlines at work, and the hardships with my wife, I strolled through the landscape holding only on to the inspirations of the seeable and its soundtrack. In one of the clearings between two homes, where several towering trees held supremacy and presided like a secret society over the current matters of the land, a strange collection of fallen foliage caught my attention. Castles of leaves had formed around a section of the ground exempt from the debris. It was as if the leaves were piling up against something, but the something was not there. I strolled over to the area under scrutiny to take a closer look. When I was several steps away from the location, I collided into something that sent me sprawling to the ground. My headphones fell off, and atop their distant buzzing, as the music played into a void, I heard the sound of shuffling leaves retreat into the distance. An ominous feeling overtook me, and my hair stood on end. Dissonance congealed within me as my heart pounded heavily. I stood up, paused the music, and hung the headphones around my neck. Anxiously, I swiveled my head back and forth, expecting to see the culprit of the disturbance, but the scene was unchanged. An acute sense of dread sprung in my gut. Cautiously, I continued my investigation and approached the barren area surrounded by the thick barricade of leaves. I stopped directly before it assuming my previous interaction was an illogical pretext to something residing there. I picked up a leaf and dropped it on top of the section. It hovered mid-air until the next surge of wind swooped it away to the ground. Then, with an outstretched arm, I reached towards the air that divided leaf domain from leafless domain. As I believed to be true, but hoped was fantasy. My gloved right hand was impeded against an invisible object with a tough yet somewhat malleable hole that slightly flexed under pressure. The same feeling of dread came over me as moments before, entrenching in fact that a moving invisible entity had collided with me a few steps back and that here before me was an abnormality beyond the scope of present-day knowledge. I shuddered. My initial inclination was to alert the authorities about the enigma and have them deal with it. So I inserted my left hand into a pocket in my jeans and retrieved my phone. However, despite there not being a single area in my locale I had experienced to impede cellular reception, here, at this very spot, there was no service. I became fearful of many things at that instant. I feared that the hidden entity that sent me to the ground would return, and that there may be more than one. I feared knowing that my eyes could not interpret the full extent of the knowable, sentient world, and I feared that by the time I brought officials back to the scene, the anomaly would have vacated its position, condemning me to the ridicule of my mental faculties. These thoughts stirred within a maelstrom of the mind— and once awareness of my surroundings finally superseded them, I realized my right hand was still pressed against the invisible phenomenon. I attempted to retrieve it, but I could not pry the hand free. Something was holding it in place, and while it remained fastened, I felt something like a finger on the inside of the anomaly press a drawing onto my hand through both its invisible exterior and my glove. When it was finished imparting its mark, the captivity of my hand was overturned. I snapped it back. Static electricity followed in its wake. With my soul ready to depart my body in fright, I ran as if safety only existed within the confines of my home. I did not stop running until my house keys were being fumbled from my pocket and inserted into the front door. I slammed the door behind me as if a nightmarish beast stalked me from the ends of the earth. I then went to every door and window and made sure they were locked. Only then did I acknowledge the existence of my wife. It took me a great while to calm my nerves and enjoy the comfort of any luxury. I was distant and lost in despairing thoughts. Even with the return of cellular reception... I convinced myself that it would be best to pursue a resolution of my bizarre encounter after the rejuvenation of a good night's sleep. I was far from being even remotely ready to plunge into any type of commotion by leading others to the invisible anomaly that same evening. By the time the hour struck eleven, I sat in my lounge chair in the living room, soaking up the heat from the licking flames of the fireplace. With my eyes closed, but not asleep, I redacted the course of action for the next day's interchange with law enforcement. Somewhere between noticing the flickering light on the insides of my eyelids and the formation of a proper explanation of the anomaly, I wandered away from consciousness. I awoke, crouching over the fireplace with my right hand extended into the fire. The skin, up to my mid-forearm, was red and starting to char. Sections of broken flesh curled back into blackness. The nerve endings were already severely damaged, and so the horrific pain was more psychological than physical. I fell backwards, screaming, and as I screamed, the world around me blurred and faded My palm, directed towards me at the end of its outstretched arm, held a glowing blue symbol that cut through the pulpy carnage, the same symbol pressed into my hand through the invisible phenomenon. As the symbol dominated my vision, my hand and arm vanished, leaving what I thought was still the symbol hovering in space but, in actuality, there was something there approaching from the voids of the folding world around me that held the same form as the symbol. A triangular being eclipsed in shadow with neon blue diffusing behind its silhouette. The vision of this dark entity burned into the pupils, visible in both sight and mind. I closed my eyes to escape its overbearing ominousness, but there it remained in the darkness of my eyelids, penetrating the boundaries of my sanity. For a time, it hovered before me, whittling down my confidence in existence. Then it opened. Like shutters, horizontal segments of its body flipped backwards, revealing contents within. There, a large, radiant eye burned hypnotizing, probing purple light that cascaded into the previously seen tones of neon blue. The visual impression of this oculus immediately onset an infliction within me. Its sight held an uncanny power that leapt out and into me, surveying not my exterior, but that which comprised me within, the cavities of my secrets, the depths of my darkest deeds, the chambers of my turmoil. It forced me to see what it saw, twisting my eyes back into my head so that my sight came not from cortical feedback, but from a heightened perception powered by its own black inquisitions. The being and its eye fed off of these caverns and brought them to my flesh so that my exterior would hold the authenticity of who I truly was. The rest of my skin boiled and scarred and my muscles atrophied. My hair fell away and so did my teeth. I crumpled to the ground as a physical spectacle of my grimmest deeds. Hold me! The eye said to my every particle of existence, not asking for me to hold it as a mother holds her child, but as a philosopher holds the keys to enlightened life. Where my body failed me, my mind expanded. Through the same dungeons of my transgressions, I beheld visions of alternate lives, stories that were perhaps dreamed, but that were true and never told. I took on their memories and their emotions, the sweetness and the despair. Let me be your vessel, your apostle, I said to the eye, beseeching its favor. You are shown the truth so that you may comprehend your place. Swell, discharge from the anals of creation, the eye said. Something hulking and strong came from behind me and hoisted me up off of the ground onto one of its shoulders. I could not see the creature. At that same moment, my wife came barging into the room, having heard my screams. Sergey, she called out. "Sergey, where are you?'' Even though I was right in front of her, I could not be seen. I had been phased out of her range of visibility. ''I'm here!'' i managed to yelp where sergey she pleaded she then witnessed the front door swing open and shut without cause as the creature took me outside blindly following my carrier and me she ran outside as well she shouted my name several more times straining to behold what could not be seen i had no more strength to speak Each time I heard my wife call my name, my heart leapt in agony and desire. So much now did I wish to hold her in my arms, but further and further away from her I was carried as the creature beneath me steadily strode forward. Eventually, we arrived at the location of where my outlandish misfortune began, the Invisible Phenomenon. My eyes were still twisted inward, so I could not see its appearance, but a perception of it was sent to my mind. It was a very large, oblong-shaped container with a hinged lid. Strange, decorative inscriptions riddled its exterior. As we approached, the lid opened automatically, and the creature dumped me inside. I landed upon a pile of bodies, corpses and the smell of decay affixed to my senses like a leech. Again, a perceptional image was sent to my mind's eye so that I could visualize the horror I descended between. Wait! I yelled feebly, forcing the wasted muscles in my jaw to perform one last task. No sooner had I shouted than the lid was closed, and I was left in darkness with death as my companion. In this blight of form and fate, my newly attained enlightenment cursed my last moments of life with veracity. Eons of new knowledge swirled within my brain, only to convey to me that I was refuse. A mass of rubbish cluttering the pathways of a much larger, more important, and more powerful realm that happened to cross over this realm. My curiosity led me astray, and I was marked as waste by an interdimensional, clandestine outfit of garbage collectors. The container holding me was nothing more than an occult
1: trash bin. If you are a dedicated fan of the Darkverse and thoroughly enjoy the stories that I write and narrate for The Dark Verse Podcast. I deeply encourage you to support the podcast on a monthly basis. You can do that at patreon.com slash the darkverse. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash the darkverse. And just so you know, if you do become a patron of the Dark Verse, you receive some exclusive content. I give um, discussions on the inspiration behind the stories, and you'll also be listed in a patron section on the Darkverse website. So I encourage you to do that if you've been following me through the years and love the stories and, and generally just have a great appreciation for what I do. That concludes episode 99 of The Dark Verse. You can listen to and or download all of the past episodes at thedarkverse.com. You can click the episodes link there at the top and you will find all of the episodes. You can also listen to them or download them on SoundCloud or on iTunes. Have a very happy Thanksgiving, and I'll see you soon with the 100th episode of The Dark Verse. All stories on The Dark Verse are the sole property of Shark Child and cannot be used for distribution, publication, or monetary gain without his written consent. Sleep deeply and remember to love.